Hey, it's Keith. I feel like it's getting harder and harder to have disagreements. A lot of people, a lot of close friends of mine, have encouraged me to just take a step back from cultural politics and just chill out and, you know, why bother with certain fights? Why put my neck out there? Why put my reputation for whatever that is and whatever that's worth? put that on the line publicly on my Instagram about travel photos, for instance, to weigh in on topics like the coronavirus or transgenderism. Why should I have strong opinions about this stuff? Even when I think that I might strike agreement with you, dear listener, on something like homelessness, is it really important to me to speak my mind on that topic and what am I after when I publish a podcast here on any sort of controversial theme? Well, I would say by and large for the last year or so, my closest friends have succeeded in encouraging me to just chill out and take a step back and disengage with a lot of these big topics. I guess that's for the best. I don't really know. I guess I feel good about having less of a social media presence, but it is kind of what I've carved out for myself as my work. Not that I have the most fleshed out business model for this work, but I think it's important and incumbent on me to speak my voice and to think out loud for the sake of you, dear listener, to hone and sharpen your own thoughts on any given topic. But I don't always expect to convince you of something or other. It's not really my point to convince everyone to think like me. My point is really to simply advocate for myself and to show you that my stances are arrived at in good faith, which is to say that I'm not speaking about a certain hot-button topic in order to simply be provocative and get clicks and piss off certain people. That's not my goal. If I'm talking about something like transgender and transsexuality, the trans debate and all that. I'm not coming from this point of view of bigotry and hate and conservatism and traditionalism, even though the headline might read that way, because at this point, any sort of disagreement out of step with mainstream leftist ideology is tantamount to hate and bigotry. So I'm told in the online spaces in which I still do participate. And any sort of engagement with alternative narratives on COVID is seen as disinformation and is tantamount to conspiratorial thinking, which must be met apparently with severe punishment. And I want to share some of these stories today 
I've been, of what I've been going through online. And let's see if we can analyze these kind of stories for some sort of broad theme that's going on here. I don't want to be alarmist. I don't want to talk about how we're living in 1984 and how we are essentially under the foot of Big Brother at this point, who is watching over all of us in this authoritarian way. That's not really like my jam. It's not really the sort of fear-mongering that I want to endorse. But I do think that it's worth putting that out there for you to think about when I tell you these stories. So I'll start with um, explaining Reddit a little bit for anybody that might not know. You know, Reddit is similar to Twitter. We all know the large social media platform that's been dominating for the past decade plus, you know, been basically serving as our town square for public discourse. Twitter, you know, the way it works is that you just log on, you tweet something, you put a hashtag, you put an at symbol, you talk to somebody, and it just kind of goes out there to everybody, everybody that's on Twitter. Twitter's user base peaked around the same time that Elon Musk recently purchased it, you know, which is like November of 2022, so almost six months ago. And one wonders why he purchased it. Certainly he thought that it's... Um, board of directors, that's probably not the right phrase. It's uh, its bureaucrats that ran the platform, perhaps. We're certainly ideologically biased, deplatforming certain people, you know, censoring other people but through shadow bans, you know, limiting reach, et cetera, et cetera. I've heard and researched a lot of these stories. Uh, it's an interesting topic to me as somebody that cares about free speech, the concept of it, not the literal law, and alternative voices and mass hysteria, really, which is something that I really am concerned about. And I think I want to contextualize this conversation in that vein. I have a feeling that Elon Musk purchased Twitter in order to take it down. It's a little crazy because he spent so much money 40 billion or something insane like that and it does seem like a really foolish purchase unless you see it through the the lens of wanting to heal public discourse on these kind of hot button topics because you have been seeing the deplatforming silencing canceling of so many people on that platform for really questionable reasons and Maybe I'll get back to this as a, you know, as a parallel to what I've gone through, but on a greater scale. But let's get back to now what my personal stories are here on Reddit, which is kind of the, let's say, the younger cousin of Twitter. It's by and large a social media platform as well, I suppose, though it's more of a news aggregator, I think. Um, I guess Twitter could be the same. The difference is that whereas Twitter is one big pool with hashtags about everything, even though there are like sports Twitter, movie Twitter, politics Twitter, there are these lanes that people exist in. It's all one big thing, whereas Reddit is not. Reddit does have a generic front page for people that haven't signed in and made an account. But mostly the way Reddit works is that each user creates their specific subreddits on their own, you know, 
newsfeed sort of front pages. So my front page of Reddit would look much different than yours. I suppose the same is true for Twitter, but that's more about who you follow, right? I guess that's kind of similar, but you know, it's not users that you follow, it's ideas and topics that you follow. So on Reddit, for instance, one of the subreddits that I do follow is something called Coronavirus Circle Jerk. And I found that, you know, I'm also subscribed to something called um, Coronavirus California because I was just very curious about all the news pertaining to the state of California where I was then calling home related to coronavirus closures, et cetera, and the discussions of that. And I was getting really frustrated because so much of that subreddit was dominated by really staunch supporters of vaccine mandates and mask mandates and school shutdowns and the like. And it still mostly is. And I just felt very, I don't know, I felt very confined and claustrophobic in spaces like our politics and our news and our coronavirus, because all of these places are mostly occupied by what I think of as radical leftists. And, you know, what's the word for somebody that just is so pro-lockdown and pro-masking? Um fear-mongering totalitarianists, you know, authoritarians who are insistent on behaving certain ways with coronavirus. Now, look, like I said, you and I can disagree about the efficacy of masks, how much we should be wearing them, etc. But I really was looking for a space on the internet that I could really just relax and vent about being shamed in a park, walking up Griffith Park with my dog, being shamed by a mom who's wearing her mask outside in this empty field with me. Or like how, you know, even if I wear a mask and do everything I'm supposed to and be vaccinated, if I get on a plane and fly back to Europe, you know, how shame, how much shame I would get for even just traveling in general. I wanted a place where I could just feel more comfortable with people more like-minded and I found that with this subreddit called Coronavirus Circle Jerk. Circle Jerk is kind of like um, just a, a silly way of describing um, sort of like taking the piss out of this topic, you know, sort of uh, being a little more uh, sardonic and irreverent with the topic. And I've really enjoyed being in that space because it's the kind of place where people will make fun of the excesses of lockdowns and make fun of people that are obsessed with, you know, the Zoom culture of staying indoors and not having any more friends and socially distancing to the extreme. You know, to give you an idea, I'll read to you a post that was just posted the other day. This is a cross post from maybe the antithesis of this subreddit called zero COVID community. And that community is full of the opposite kind of person, which is the obsessively overly cautious person. So this was posted in that overly cautious community. 
For anyone who finds themselves the sole masker anywhere, just wanted you to know that I have an event to cover indoors at work today, probably 75 attendees. None will mask, just me. For about 10 seconds when I walk into the room, I will feel weird. For the eight hours after, I will be glad that one, I'm still keeping my no COVID streak. Two, I'm protecting myself plus my husband, not bringing anything home to him. Three, I'm showing others that the pandemic is still here for crying out loud. Four, I care about my ability to keep working and take no sick time. Da, 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 da. So this was screenshot and posted in Coronavirus Circle Jerk with the headline, I'm a good person or how to virtue signal effectively. And it's full of these comments like the top comment in this in this thread is it never occurs to people like this at all that maybe just maybe it's them, you know, so. This is the kind of discussion that's had here. Now, you be the judge. Is this too hostile? Is this hateful? Is this dangerous? Is this spreading misinformation? You know, I, I encourage you to go look it up on your own if you're curious. But what's nice, and I'll just put this out there generally speaking, what's cool about Reddit and Twitter, hypothetically, is that there's room for all sorts of voices and there's communities or micro communities for all sorts of people. So no matter where your stance is on something, you can find a place for you and people that are like-minded. Because again, I think it's okay that we disagree, but it is satisfying to agree with people and to find similar people that think like you. You know, I'm a, one of my subreddits is centrist because it gets so annoying to me to hear just the partisan politics back and forth. So to find places with moderate discussions that take on perspectives from both sides, in quotes, that's very healthy for me and very encouraging. And it brings me a sense of stability and health in my, my mental health to be in those kind of spaces. But similarly, it's good for me to be around people like this because it, it f helps feed my sanity and maybe you disagree with what that means because maybe you don't think i'm sane on this topic of covid maybe you think that i am some sort of denier or dangerous thinker or something but for me it's like very healthy to read headlines like they openly admit that they had no purpose in life before covid or my 75 year old boss just got his sixth shot and I'm sitting here at work worried about him dropping dead. Or who wants to bet another pandemic will happen again? Or the food supply may already be poisoned with mRNA drugs. Now, some of these, like, I'm more apt to click on than others, right? But one that I did click on, one that I did click on, it's actually just reposted here again. Um, it was the two-year anniversary of this clip and i think i'll just play you the clip our data from the cdc today suggests um you know that that vaccinated people do not carry the virus don't get sick um and, and that it's not just in the clinical trials but it's also in real world data that was dr rochelle walensky a cdc director appearing on the rachel maddow show on msnbc and to be clear she was saying that if you're vaccinated, you do not carry the virus and won't get sick. I think we know how well that's aged because obviously 
we can be vaccinated and still get COVID. You know, another <laughs> meme posted here was something like, remember when the vaccine didn't work, so they had to change the meaning of the word? Yeah, so it's kind of poking fun at this stuff. The top comment in this thread is, it's mind-boggling that someone with such power could lie to so many fucking people, get away with it, and still be out free and still have power. So, yeah, I was kind of in dismay watching this, and I decided to make a comment about this video saying to the effect, something to the effect of, you can tell how she's lying and the way she sort of stutters through her speech. Now, I don't even know for sure if she knew she was lying, but her presentation of that information was very suspect to me, especially in retrospect. Okay, so that's it. That's what happened. That was the clip. It was posted on this subreddit called Coronavirus Circle Jerk, and I made this comment about her delivery of this information. All right? Now, when I woke up in the morning, the day after posting that, I was met with a barrage of messages in my inbox, which is to say um, responses to my comment. And the messages read as follows. You've been permanently banned from participating in our shower thoughts. You have been permanently banned from participating. You can still view and subscribe to our shower thoughts, but you won't be able to post or comment. Note from moderators, you have been banned for participating in a COVID disinformation subreddit like Wuhan flu, church of COVID, coronavirus circle jerk, or lockdown skepticism, which brigades other subreddits and spreads medical disinformation. This action was performed by a bot, which does not check the context of your comment. To be unbanned, Either delete your posts slash comments there, or wait 24 hours to respond here and respond to this message with a promise to avoid that subreddit. Any other response will be ignored and is consent for us to mute you. Note that health misinformation, namely falsifiable health information that encourages or poses a significant risk of physical harm to the reader, violates the terms of service. You can report misinformation on Reddit by using this form. If you have a question regarding your ban, you can contact the moderator team by replying to this message. Reminder from the Reddit staff, if you use another account to circumvent this subreddit ban, that will be considered a violation of the content policy and can result in your account being suspended from the site as a whole. Yeah, okay, so our Shower Thoughts is a totally unrelated subreddit in which people post minor philosophical ideas that they have in the shower. Yeah. Shower Thoughts, shower thoughts is not a coronavirus subreddit. It's not a political subreddit. It's just a random subreddit that I follow to read people's shower thoughts. And I am no longer allowed there. I can no longer post any shower thoughts that I have. And if I want to, I have to completely disaffiliate with coronavirus circle jerk. Now, to me, it reads so much like this like uptight mother saying, you stay away from that kid. If you ever go back there, you have to promise not to see him like this, you know? 
and it's like very much like that. It's very nanny state, very, you know, authoritarian. I got that same message from, let's see, shower thoughts, starter packs, <laughs> pics, which is just pictures, random pictures. I am no longer allowed to submit anything to our pics. Uh, TIFU, which is Today I Fucked Up, which is a subreddit in which people post their fuck-ups in life. Thanks, I hate it. You've been permanently banned from participating in Thanks, I Hate It, which is a subreddit in which, you know, you find something, you're like, thanks, I hate it, and you post that. So five or so subreddits banned me permanently, all because of my affiliation for merely making a comment about this clear video of disinformation. It's so ironic. It is so ironic to me that these random subreddit moderators are worried about my spreading of disinformation. I leave it to you, dear listener. Am I spreading to you misinformation? Am I, am I giving you any health advice, for one? This is a, you know, coronavirus circle jerk and possibly these others that I'm not sure about, like Wuhan flu. These are spaces for people to think their thoughts and have discussions. That's what they are. And I think as a society, we've become so afraid of these, like, you know, hidden cells of hatred, these 4chan places, these, you know, Nazi right-wing spaces fomenting hatred and planning, you know, some sort of January 6th revolt or something. And I, I think people need to calm down Yes, things like that happen. There are, you know, meetings being had of, like, truly dangerous people. That's going to happen, unfortunately. That's why we have something like the FBI or CIA, you know, that's what, you know. There are terrorist cells in the world, and there are ways of trying to penetrate those cells and de-radicalize people. You know, there's, uh, there, are, there are actual efforts to prevent crime, but to suspect that, you know, something like the subreddit, our coronavirus circle jerk, is anything like that, and that it must be silenced, you know? So let me back up a bit. There are other subreddits that have been banned, fully banned. One of them was social justice in action. This was one of my favorite subreddits. It would post all the L's of social justice warriors, people on Twitter or TikTok or anything, screaming at the top of their lungs how much, you know, how racist everybody is. And this subreddit was a really fun place to go and make fun of this stuff. And it was banned because Reddit deemed it hateful and violating its terms of service somehow. <sighs> Other subreddits that I've followed have been banned. This subreddit, Coronavirus Circle Jerk, has not been banned. So it's not actually violating any company terms of service. Okay, let me make that clear. The fact that the subreddit still exists means that it's clearly not violating Reddit's company policies. No. Instead, what we have are some very overly enthusiastic moderators so individuals like me or you can 
moderate any of these subreddits, like be the boss of it and choose like when to lock a conversation or when to delete a post if it's not relevant or something like that. And so some of these moderators are instituting bots, AI, to scour people's um, activity on the platform as a whole and to ban them prematurely from their own subreddits. So whoever moderates our picks thinks it's appropriate to stamp out anything like COVID disinformation. So essentially you have something like a community for pictures. Our picks is the biggest picture sharing platform maybe in the world. You know, think of it like Instagram, but it's on Reddit. So anything that is a picture can be shared there and it's upvoted or downvoted by anybody else on the platform. Somebody that runs that platform has taken it upon themselves to be the arbitrator of what's appropriate site-wide on all of Reddit regarding COVID opinion, essentially. And I find that really bad. <laughs> I just think that's really, really bad. It's akin to being kicked off of Reddit in general by the actual bureaucrats who work at the company itself. But it's it's even more insidious, I think, because you know Reddit as a company is however many employees, right? I don't actually know how big of a company it is in terms of its office. But it's certainly run like Twitter and YouTube and Instagram by a certain room of people with their own terms of service. And those terms of service don't have to mirror the United States Constitution in regard to free speech. You know, they can be tighter on free speech if they want. I can disagree with that because I do tend toward free speech absolutism. But, you know, subreddits are multitudinous. There are thousands and thousands, probably a hundred, hundreds of thousands of subreddits, all of them moderated by individuals or teams of individuals with their own power trips. And that's what we're talking about. We're talking about this phenomenon of power tripping. And it's one thing if you're Elon Musk and you're power tripping, you know, or the president of the United States, Trump or Biden, power tripping. You know, like we call that tyranny. But somehow, if it's like all the foot soldiers power tripping, we don't seem to bat an eye at that the same way. And I think most of us wouldn't draw this analogy towards something like communist Russia, the USSR, in which you it wasn't just Stalin. It was the many foot soldiers of Stalin under that regime who would go into every neighborhood and drag out the competent farmers and send them to, you know, pogroms and kill them, you know? So I, I hate to make these kind of analogies that are so, you know, incendiary, inflammatory, but that's how it feels to me to be kicked off of something for a very minor participation in something very innocuous. That's what it feels like to me. And beyond that, I think there's this effectiveness for shame of this ideological toxicity 
that permeates not just this hierarchy of foot soldiers and moderators, but also of citizens monitoring themselves, which is to say like the very basic level of, you know, online disagreements and, you know, debates that we have with each other and the tactics that we might use and how we make everything political and like instigate these fights, even when there's no fight there to necessarily be had. And I'll use one more Reddit example that I've been involved in. So I'm not sure if you're aware, but Bud Light, the beer by Anheuser-Busch, it just released um, this campaign for trans activism, which is, you know, in sponsorship with some famous trans person. And they have these Bud Light cans now that are like, rainbow flags or trans flags and all these messages like they them and celebrate pronouns or whatever and to me to someone like me it's like very annoying like i don't want my beer to be political i i mean i'm just not that kind of consumer um i'm kind of turned off by that sort of thing to be honest and it's not just on the left. I mean, I'm annoyed if if a product is overtly conservative as well. I don't know if I can think of exact examples. Um, I used to be annoyed that In-N-Out, the burger chain, put Bible verses under its cups. I still find it a little strange, but it's like, fair enough, it's extremely innocuous. You know, like, I don't really mind what a company does in terms of its like leadership and the individual politics of the company. What I want is a is a company with a certain quality control and aesthetic. That's what I care about. So for beer, you know, I tend toward, you know, my beers tend to be PBR, you know, Miller, High Life, uh, Stella, Heineken, um, you know, Berliner, like really basic lagers you know, that have a certain average Joe or slight hipster quality to them. Bud Light is whatever. Like, I've never liked their branding, but I find this sort of branding very off-putting. And <laughs> The Onion, the satirical site, made a joke about this new branding. The headline reads, Conservative, boycotting Bud Light, forced to drink six cans of something else before hitting kids. Now, that's a pretty funny headline. It's it's clever, at least, right? So it's like making fun of somebody that's boycotting Bud Light because they don't like the message. Um, and so he has to drink different kind of beer, and then it's like he's a he's a abuser of his children. Um, you know, <laughs> I think it's really... It's whatever, you know. I follow The Onion on Reddit, um, subreddit r the onion, because I respect their work. Sometimes um, I also follow one called Eight The Onion, which is people falling for that, right? So, like an example would be under Eight The Onion, someone might post this to their Facebook page and be like, "I can't believe this kid is abusing his children. I don't care what he's drinking," or something like that. So, like people that read the onion headline as if it's a real news story. And in Eight the Onion, a lot of times people will post different kinds of satire sites, like from the Babylon Bee. 
The Babylon Bee is a conservative-run satire site, whereas The Onion, let's say, is liberal-run. It doesn't necessarily even have a liberal bias, but most media is liberal-run. So Babylon Bee is not. Babylon Bee is like run by Christian conservatives or something like that. Now, <laughs> whatever. Like I again, like I don't really care about uh, who's running what. I don't really care about the politics of. You know, I care about the messaging and how media is played out and how headlines are framed, this and that, for sure. I study that stuff. But regarding such things, like I will laugh at an Onion headline and I will laugh at a Babylon Bee headline. That all said, there was this Babylon Bee headline that somebody fell for. And uh, let me find it. Oh my god, of course it was deleted. The moderators removed it. Um, God, I hate that. If I can recall, this was about the Babylon Bee mocking um, the George Floyd protests. I think the headline was something like, Celebrities show solidarity of anarchist protesters by burning down their own homes. Which is funny. It's funny because just as... There's this trope of some conservative beer drinker beating his kids. There is this trope of leftist anarchists burning down houses and businesses. And yet this community gets so uptight, you know, full of leftists as it is, that they have to like jump on this headline and like, So basically someone was like, I would love to see evidence that literally a single home was burnt down during the Black Lives Matter protests last year. There's still people in my city who think that cities like Seattle were burnt to the ground. I actually responded to that posting a Wikipedia article of a list of arson damage during the protests, of which there was a lot, you know, like, (laughs) and yet like leftists seem to think that like, Usually, like, the comments here are, like, Babylon B is trash. These are never based in reality. They just have the same arguments. Like, it's, it turns into this sad partisan wine fest about how Babylon B is discredible because it's right-wing. Really annoying. I'm going to go back to the conservative Bud, Bud Light one because I actually forgot. I made a comment here, and this is what I want to talk about. So, again, getting partisan. Somebody responded to that headline with... One thing is for sure, anyone in your life who told you they don't hate trans people, they just care about kids being exposed to trans community too young, lied to your face and will continue to lie until they eradicate these wonderful people for existing. (sighs) Do I need to read that again? It's like a little poorly worded and I even tried to clean up the, the wording for its own sake. But basically this person is saying, okay, so they're getting political, right? They're like responding to this Onion headline about the beer drinking wife beater or whatever. And they're saying, well, one thing's for sure, it's transphobic and genocidal (laughs) if someone says they don't hate trans people, they just worry about kids. I don't know why they're even going there because this has nothing to do with any of that, right? I mean, the can is pro-trans. But look, Somebody, I am somebody like this. I would say something like, I don't hate trans people, but I do worry about exposure of this trans discussion to kids because I do worry about 
confusing six-year-olds and encouraging 10-year-olds to take hormones to stunt their growth and prevent their puberty and whatever. And I, I really worry about 15-year-old girls, you know, ruining their chances to ever be pregnant. Same with boys, ruining their chances to ever get semi-pregnant, doing irreversible harm to their bodies. Like, this is something I do worry about. Now, I responded to this person. So any nuanced discussion of possible negative consequences of trans activism is akin to genocide? Okay. I got downvoted for that. I got downvoted for saying that because they are literally saying that I'm lying to your face because I care about, I worry about kids being exposed to this and I'll continue to lie to your face until I eradicate these wonderful people, trans people, from existence. Wow. So that person got upvoted 32 times and I got downvoted four times for questioning that nuanced discussion is possible. Okay. And I, <laughs> I didn't respond to this next comment, but this is what he says. This is his response to my question. So any nuanced discussion? Is it akin to genocide? Okay. He says, oh, this is a different person getting this other guy's back. Genocide always involves with, this is bad English as well. Genocide always involves with, quote, protecting the kids from X group, which then moves to eradicating the group as a whole. This is the part of the change between stage six, polarization, and stage seven, preparation of the 10 stages of genocide. The right has already severely polarized being trans with extreme misinformation and propaganda and are currently in the stage of preparation, steadily working to make all of the harmful, quote, protect the kids, anti-trans laws also impact adults equally. We are on our way to stage eight, extermination, considering how many Republican politicians in power have independently made public statements about how they believe trans people should be eradicated, eliminated, etc., and how they plan to make that happen. This also includes statements made by CPAC only a few days ago. There is no nuance to be had. We are already nearing the final stages of genocide. Right. This person is claiming that we are in the final stages of genociding trans people. That is insane. That is batshit crazy to say, as there are more trans-identifying people than ever in history, that it's an enormous trend, that it's pretty obvious that tons of young susceptible kids are calling themselves trans following this trend, that there's no way those numbers match actual trans identity in terms of like the diagnosis of it, which is a real thing. And that no one is talking about killing off trans people. I've never seen this kind of language of eradication and elimination. What is being discussed in conservative circles, if I'm correct, I don't read conservative circles exactly, but I read headlines about Ron DeSantis, etc. I believe they're referring to the attempts to eradicate stuff like drag queen, drag queen story hour or to eradicate things like teaching they them in elementary school, this kind of education. That's what's aimed 
at being eradicated, not trans people. But this is the conflation that's often being done these days that I see, is that any criticism of a movement and its tactics is tantamount to the people themselves and their right to exist. That's a, fam- that's a quote people like to use. That I'm threatening your right to exist by questioning if perhaps, for instance, being trans is a mental disorder or if it's a passing phase. If I question that, I'm questioning your right to exist, allegedly. So I'm not engaging with this person. I'm like rather uninterested in continuous downvotes to try and talk down this person who obviously just read this book on the 10 stages of genocide about the Jews and thinks it applies here. You know, it's like, good for you, teenager. Be edgy and radical and call me out for being genocidal. I mean, what I worry about now, much like Twitter, is that we are losing our ability to cultivate public spaces for discussion. That's what I'm worried about. And I think that's sad. And I'm going to close with this, this point. So I went to UC Berkeley, and UC Berkeley has this proud history of political activism, and it's actually what attracted me to Berkeley as a campus originally, along with its like Bay Area punk scene and you know high level of education, et cetera. So the free speech movement happened in the 1960s, and it centered on the Berkeley campus, and it centered very specifically on Sproul Plaza, which is a sort of thoroughfare on the uh, south side of campus at Sather Gate. It's like the main entrance of campus. And when I was there in the early 2000s, it was like a place where all the groups, all the activist groups, all the political groups would set up their little tables and canvas there and hold up their signs. And you could walk down there as I always did, and engage with the socialists and read the newspapers and talk about how will we make guitars under socialism? What will partying like be, be like, et cetera? And you could have this kind of vibrant kind of free speech happening and it would all take place here. And if we had like a real movement like is happening today to actually today, the example would be deplatforming people to like kick off Milo Yiannopoulos from campus and to have these huge riots and stuff. It happens here at this, you know, nexus, at this epicenter of of action because it's a it's a space almost designed to congregate. It is, it is a square. It's a public square, meaning open, you know, lots of space for many people to stand in one area and it's like a big hallway, right? Now, what I heard, and I haven't verified this, but it kind of stands to reason, is that subsequent UC campuses, that is colleges and universities built after Berkeley, which was the first one, they kept this in mind and they designed campuses without these kind of plazas. So UC Santa Cruz, UC Davis, Merced, these kind of places don't have this nexus, this area where you can congregate. 
Because if you can't congregate, you can't form a movement is the idea here. And it's scary because I think we're kind of proving in a way somehow in our current generation that we're almost not mature enough to have places of congregation or something. And it kind of like makes sense to me that like Elon Musk bought Twitter in order to destroy it to like take down this place of congregation because we've become so bad at talking to each other. We've become so bad at moderating ourselves about allowing the other side to speak. We can't hear each other. We don't know what the other side is actually even saying. That's what it looks like to me. I don't feel heard when I'm involved in these conversations. And it's just become so toxic that it's like, well, yeah, maybe we don't even deserve a Twitter. Maybe we should all just go our separate ways. And all the you know people obsessed with masking and COVID can have their places to hang out. And then all the people that are making fun of them can have their spaces to hang out. And that's what Reddit seems to be doing. And yet even on Reddit, you know, you have a space like Onion Satire that turn, that devolves into this kind of thing. You have a place like Our Pictures that is turned into this Stalin-esque, Big Brother-esque thing, you know? And God, that's sad. That is so sad to me that these places are just being run by power-tripping moderators who think that they get to control what is said. That's so awful. And I'm just curious how you, dear listener, might defend that, right? I mean, it's like, you can make the defense like, well, it's his house, he can kick you out if he wants, you know, because you didn't take off your shoes. Like, yeah, he could kick me out of his house if, if I didn't take off my shoes. But do you really think that that's healthy? Do you think that that's a good way to treat people? Do you think that's a fair punishment for not taking off your shoes? Maybe. Maybe you think that. You know, I just came up with that example very fast. Maybe it's not the best example. Um, I suppose a better example would be if you're having a dinner party and someone disagrees at the table, should they be kicked out of off the table? Should they be banished from dinner parties? I have been. I have certainly been what feels like canceled from dinner party conversations or dinner groups. And I think it's really sad. So, you know, I, I suppose my, my final point here, my thesis of this episode is that free speech matters, not because it's like enshrined in our constitution and therefore should apply, you know, equally in, in government places as much as private businesses, but more just like the concept of free speech is so vital because we have to know, we have to think through our thoughts out loud with each other. We have to have honest conversation and check ourselves. And I think it's sad that I go on to these spaces online and say something and get downvoted for having a very moderate point of view. That's really scary for being booted off of certain platforms for, you know, what I consider an extremely benign and even healthy engagement with something. So I'll leave it there for you to think about. Until next time.
Čau.